It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different Hey everyone, it's your host Edward Ford and welcome to the Growth of Podcast, the show about all things B2B SaaS marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Advanced B2B, the growth marketing agency that helps B2B SaaS businesses generate sustainable revenue growth through marketing. So if you're looking for an agency partner who will help you get measurable results from your marketing, then check out advancedb2b.com for more info. Now, joining us today on the show is Ross Simmons, founder and CEO at Foundation Marketing. And today we're talking about the content distribution playbook and how to get good traffic that converts. Now, Ross has been creating and distributing content ever since he started writing about fantasy football in college and has been perfecting the craft of content distribution ever since. Today, we dig into this topic and Ross discusses the role of customer research in content distribution, how to bake distribution into your content before you even start creating it, and Ross's best tips on how to distribute and repurpose your content to make sure it goes further. There's all this and a whole lot more on episode 60 of the Growth of Podcast with Ross Simmons, founder and CEO at Foundation Marketing. Welcome to another episode of the Growth of Podcast, and it's my pleasure to welcome Ross Simmons to the show, who is founder and CEO at Foundation Marketing. So, Ross, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Growth of Podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Really looking forward to chatting. Yeah, likewise, uh, especially since today we're talking about the content distribution playbook and how to get good traffic that converts, which is a topic I think everyone is super interested in. So, I think to kick things off before we jump into the topic. What actually got you so interested in content distribution? Great question. So I've been creating content for many years. I started a fantasy football blog when I was in university. And before even university, I had a blog writing about video games. Um, When I was creating this content as a youngin in the internet world, I quickly realized that the content I was creating was pretty good. But oftentimes, I would be met with crickets after pressing publish. And And the content that I was developing was on par with very much everyone else that was creating content at the time. But what I clued into was the fact that I just didn't have an audience. I just wasn't reaching anyone. And that was why I was being met with crickets. So when I started to then revisit that approach and I started to distribute that content on channels where a community was already active, where there was already fantasy football fans or there was already a certain video games fans, I started pressing publish on content and putting it into these communities I started to see a significant amount of results. And that's when the light bulbs went off, that it doesn't really matter how great your content is if it doesn't reach the right people. The best content doesn't always win. And if you are creating great content, but you are still being met with crickets, the challenge in the reality is likely not that your content isn't good, it's that you haven't unlocked the right distribution channels to spread your content. We're living in a fascinating time right? Like we are living in a time where every single day more content is being created than the day before because more people are getting access to smartphones, more people are coming online, and more people are getting comfortable creating content. The idea of being solely competing with folks in your industry is no longer relevant because there's more competition than ever before when it comes to just getting the attention of your audience. So people are creating more content with their mobile devices and we are competing with that for attention as companies, as content creators, as marketers, et cetera. 
And then when you add on top of that, the fact that there are more channels than ever before, it opens up an entire new spectrum of distraction where people are now using Snapchat, people are listening to podcasts, people are watching videos on YouTube, people are going down rabbit holes on Wikipedia, people are reading questions on Quora, people are spending time on all of these different channels. And because of that, it is very difficult to ensure as a content creator that your content is going to reach your audience, which is why I believe content distribution needs to be a priority for all brands moving forward if you wanna compete long-term and be able to navigate this noisy world, um, especially when you can consider the fact that there's more channels than ever before, there's more content than ever before, and there's more competition than ever before as well. Yeah, I think this is a super good point. And I think the quote you had about the best content doesn't always win is, super good and just reinforces the importance of distribution and getting it to the right audiences. And I think essentially everything in marketing at the end of the day is content. And that's what it comes down to getting that in front of your audience and the right people. So I think a really, really good uh, set of points there. And so following from this, how did you yourself actually learn about content distribution? Yeah, so I, I learned the hard way, right? Like I learned through <laughs> trial and error. Like it wasn't always easy. There wasn't there. When I started talking about content distribution, not a lot of other people were creating content about it. The whole mantra and idea that content is king, just create more content, write more content and the world will be yours was essentially the, the mantra and the story that a lot of content marketing gurus were preaching at the time. And they still continue to preach that today. And because of that, I was just trying to create content. Um, but when I started to get the light bulbs going off and it was like, okay, this doesn't work. You can't just create good content and expect the world to come knocking and say that your content is great. You have to also distribute it. I had to learn through trial and error. So I started to experiment on a regular basis with different distribution channels just to test and see how they would work and how they could leverage, how they could be leveraged for brands, but also for my own personal brands that I have operated and ran, whether it's an e-commerce site that I've ran, whether it's a cleaning company, whether it's a media property that I've developed, there's tons of different brands. And I started to experiment through trial and error across all of these. And along the way, I've tried to kind of document my lessons, whether it was um, how to reach millions of people through a channel like SlideShare, which in, at the time when I first tried it, it was relatively new, or how to make the front page of Reddit multiple times, or how to leverage Instagram to grow to over a hundred and some thousand followers, and then use that as a channel to drive traffic. And similarly, on Quora, et cetera. All of these lessons came simply through trial and error um, because I needed to learn how to distribute my content through these channels. And the best way to do that was by actually doing the work and executing it. To this day, I wish I would be coming into the market um, with the amount of resources that are out there right now on content distribution, whether it's the assets that I've developed or others in the industry, we're finally at a point where people are starting to wake up to the power of content distribution. And there's a lot of assets out there that you can rely on to learn, uh, whether it's on the foundation blog or whether it's on rothsimmons.com, we've got tons of content on this topic. And I think it's never been a better time because there's so much content out there today on content distribution to really understand this space and how to use it effectively. Yeah, for sure. And I think a big part of content creation is, of course, customer research. So what role does research and customer research specifically play in content distribution? It's the starting point, right? Like it's the starting point before you start to spread your content on Reddit, spread your content on Facebook, on Twitter, et cetera. Before you do any of that, you need to take a step back and figure out where your audience is actually spending time. 
right? I think way too often marketers will listen to me talk about content distribution and they're like, whoa, we need to send out a million tweets. We need to answer questions on Quora and plug our content. We need to submit all our links to Reddit. And then they get banned and they're like, why? Well, what happened? This content distribution thing doesn't work. <laughs> the reason why is because they didn't start with research. You have to start by understanding first and foremost, what channels are your users spending time on? That's what we call channel user fit. Once you have channel user fit, meaning that you know for certain that your users, the people you're trying to reach are spending time on a certain channel, the next thing that you need to find is content user fit. What type of content do the users on that platform, on that channel actually want? What type of content are they engaging with? What type of content is rising to the top on these forums? What type of content is generating the most engagement? What type of content is generating the most backlinks, et cetera? And once you have that, then you move into content market fit, which is when you start to apply the knowledge that you have gained from your research to implement and create content at scale on a consistent basis that will resonate with this audience. I believe truly that the best shortcut that any brand can take is to reverse engineer what is already working with your target audience, whether it's in your industry or not, and then using that to inform the decisions you make around the content that you distribute and the content that you create. There's so much information out there um, and there's so many channels out there that the only way that you can truly uncover the signal from the noise is to really put yourself in the shoes of your audience and understand what inspires them, what can connect with them, and what type of content they're really looking for. Uh, and when you do that, when you start with research, it makes your life a whole lot easier as a content creator. And I think that's really why research is so important. Yeah, it's a super good point. And I think a common pitfall of content distribution is only think about it once you've written an article. So you hit publish on a blog post or video and you then you think, right, how am I going to distribute and promote this? This is like the crickets you mentioned uh, at right. the start from your sports and video gaming content. But like you mentioned there, content distribution starts way earlier. It starts at the very beginning. So can you tell us about the importance of baking content distribution into your content creation process from the beginning? hundred percent. So I think when you take that model of kind of uncovering, um, channel user fit. When you do that and you understand, okay, we've researched our audience and we know that they're spending time on a certain channel. And then you use that channel to inspire the type of content that you create. You are now at an advantage. You're at an advantage because you now know exactly where your audience is spending time. You know that your audience is spending time on, let's say Quora. Okay. That's an interesting insight. So if your audience is spending time on Quora, what type of content can you deliver to them on a regular basis that is going to be valuable? The way that you uncover that answer is to really spend some time thinking about what are the, what are the questions that people are asking on Quora that we can answer with the content that we're going to develop. So you start to start, you start your content creation and content marketing efforts with the distribution um, strategy kind of top of mind and at the forefront of your beliefs and how you're going to spread this content after pressing publish. When you develop a piece of content and you're trying to say, okay, we're going after engineers, we're going after entrepreneurs, et cetera. And you know that that audience is spending time on a channel like Hacker News. You're not just going to create something and hope that they're going to resonate with it. You should reverse engineer the content on that channel that did extremely well and uncover trends and insights around what type of content they resonate with to ensure that when you press publish, you're not crossing your fingers and hoping, but instead 
when you press publish, you can take that asset and you can share it with that community and you can say, folks, we've developed this asset. We know that you're going to enjoy it because we've done the research. You don't necessarily have to say that, but you spread that content in that community and you watch that community work and that community resonate with your content. You have to start with distribution in mind rather than just thinking we need to create great content. You have to think how that content will ultimately be shared, why it will be shared. There was a New York Times study done, I think it was four years ago now, and they talked about the different reasons why people share content. And um, those, those reasons should be embaked into every content creator's mind. The first one was they want you to um, create content that brings value and entertainment to others. So people are more likely to share content if they think it's going to bring value to the people on their Slack channel, to their friends on Facebook, to their connections on LinkedIn, et cetera. People also share content to define themselves to others. So if you can think about how can we create a piece of content that will allow folks to define themselves to others, that's going to be more likely to be shared. People also share content to grow and nurture relationships with people. So if you can create a piece of content that's going to arm folks with the ability to grow and nurture a relationship, then that also is going to give you the ability to create an asset that's more likely to um, have a solid stream of distribution after pressing publish. People also are looking for content that provides self-fulfillment, makes them feel good about themselves. If you can do that, or you create a piece of content that talks about, let's say you're talking to marketers. If you can create a piece of content that says 98% of marketers are undervalued and underestimated, they're going to share that content because it makes them feel good and they can show their connections. Like, look, folks, you need to appreciate me. I do good work. Um, and then the final one is to get the word out about a cause or a brand that you believe in. And I think that this is a, a very important one to also keep in mind when you think about um, the social responsibility for brands and when you're creating content that really speaks to the heart of things. So when you understand why people share and you understand where your audience is spending time, if you start your content creation process by understanding those fundamentals, it will make the distribution process way easier because you are going to create assets that your audience actually wants and that your audience is going to be more likely to share. Wow, this is a super interesting set of points you brought up about creating great content and understanding why people share things. So if we dig into that more, we know you can't distribute bad content and expect right. good results. So what actually goes into ensuring that you have great content ideas and concepts that are actually worth spreading? Yeah, so when you're in those communities, let's say, for example, you're in a community like Reddit, what you're going to do is you're going to look at the best content that has been published in that community. So for example, if I'm trying to connect with people who love barbecues, I'm going to a subreddit called our barbecue. I'm going to sort the content by the top posts and I'm going to reverse engineer. What are the top 50 posts in this community? Okay. Now I'm going to analyze and look for trends. If I notice a trend where in this barbecue community, everybody is always talking about their smokers, or if everybody is talking about a certain type of rib, then that's an interesting insight that I can then play off of and build on. So if it's a smoker and that is what people are talking about regularly, maybe I'm going to create content that talks about the benefits of a smoker or the ultimate guide to picking your smoker for a barbecue in 2025, whatever it may be, whatever year it is. And then I'm going to submit that content back to the community. And then in the process of creating it, 
rather than just saying, okay, I got some insights from Reddit, I'm also going to reverse engineer the type of content that this audience wants outside of my industry. So what does that mean? It means rather than solely looking at my content competitors from the lens of barbecue, I'm also going to look at a website like Wirecutter. I'm going to look at a website like Investopedia. Anyone who is creating great, excellent content in general that my audience would like, maybe not even related to barbecue, and use that to guide the formatting, to guide the, the way in which I deliver that content in a format that is interesting to them and use that apply to my industry, my space, and then give that back to them as well. That way, you're not only leveling up in terms of creating content that you know your audience wants, you're also leveling up in terms of delivering it in a way that your audience is going to enjoy and appreciate. Yeah, super good points. So following from this, what are some of the best ways to distribute your content? Can you share some of your own experiences and best tactics with us? I can. So I've got tons. Um, one of my favorite distribution techniques is uh, leveraging video for content distribution. So let me geek out on uh, video distribution for a second. So whenever we create a piece of video content, the opportunities and the possibilities are endless. I truly believe that. Video assets are some of the most versatile pieces of content that you can take. Let's say you've developed a video asset, you've done the, the work in terms of making sure that uh, it's shareable content, it's good content, and that you understand exactly who your audience is and it's gonna resonate with them. The first step is typically to upload it to YouTube. And most people will do that, but that's when they'll call it a day. When you upload it to YouTube, you're gonna to wanna to go through YouTube Optimization 101. You're gonna make sure that your titles are optimized. You're gonna make sure your descriptions are optimized, the right tags are being used, et cetera. You have a great end card. You're gonna to wanna to make sure you have a subscribe CTA throughout. All of those things are gonna be done. That's the bare minimum. That's where most marketers end the job. What you also wanna do though, is you wanna take that video asset and you're gonna to wanna to natively share it on a variety of different platforms. So you're gonna to want to natively share it on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, et cetera, and you're gonna make sure that you're reaching an audience there. That's, again, not where it ends. You then are going to start to think about, okay, how can we distribute this asset more frequently across a wide variety of different platforms? You can use guest blog posts when you're creating content, let's say, to embed that video that you've developed, let's say two months ago, two weeks ago, to give that content new life. So when you are writing content, when you are creating content for a third party, when you're writing a guest blog post, et cetera, you're gonna embed that original video directly in those posts. But again, that's not where it ends. Let's say you identified before you developed this video that there were three questions on Quora that were asking questions related to this. You're now going to take snippets from let's say those guest blog posts that also answer the questions on Quora. You're gonna paste those in, you're gonna include the embed to your YouTube video, and you're now going to have that content distributed on Quora. You do the exact same thing in subreddits where you go into a subreddit, you find somebody who's asking a question, you answer that question, but you also embed your YouTube video directly in the comments. And if there is no question, whether that's on Quora or whether that's on Reddit, you act as the person asking the question and then you come back in and you answer that question just the same. Now, 
Here's where it gets even more versatile with video content. If you've developed a video content asset that is let's say 10 or 15 minutes long, you can also start to cut and chop that video asset into different segments and different pieces. You then take those pieces and you can now natively share them as well with a link calling a CTA with a CTA call to action, driving people to maybe one of these guest blog posts or maybe to the original YouTube video as a whole. You then can also consider all of these different things can be redone again on different channels. So that guest blog post can then be tweaked and republished as a medium blog post. It can also be tweaked and republished as an article on LinkedIn natively. Quora has an article section that you could publish it on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can also even take all of this content and turn it into a Twitter storm. The reality is when it comes to content distribution, the opportunities are endless. And that's just taking it from a lens of um, video content. There are hundreds, yes, hundreds of different ways that you can distribute your content. And I think it's important to understand, okay, where can we get the best ROI and focus on those? But if you are interested in some of the other tips, like I've got a distribution cheat sheet on my website, rawsimmons.com slash distro pack with over a hundred different ways that you can distribute your content. Definitely check that out. But again, there are so many possibilities. The only, the only thing that um, I would suggest folks do is don't feel like right away you need to do it all. Identify a few great channels and leverage them and focus on those. Yeah, this was super good and shows the importance of content repurposing. So I hope everyone was taking notes. But uh, following from this, here comes the million dollar question for B2B SaaS marketers. Since getting visits and views for the sake of visits and views is not what we're after. Those are so-called vanity metrics. So how yeah. can you ensure you reach the right audience for your content who will then go on and convert into trials, demos, and ultimately customers? Great question. So it starts again with research. You have to have a very clear crystal, crystallized kind of understanding of the persona and the people that you're trying to reach. It's not enough to just say, we know they're on Facebook, let's call it a day. You want to know, okay, where are they spending time on Facebook? Are they in a Facebook group? And do they actually, are these the decision makers who will actually swipe their credit card or jump on a demo and be able to make a decision related to your business? You have to start with the research to understand where those people are and then invest time and energy in ensuring that the content that you're delivering is going to speak to them along their customer journey in a way that actually works. I think far too often do we get caught up in this idea of let's just create content and generate shares, generate engagement, et cetera, et cetera. But you do have to connect it back to ROI. What is the return on this investment and what does that look like for us? Sure, it might not be within 10 minutes you're gonna start seeing a significant amount of results. But if you are able to quickly understand what is the lifetime value of a lead and you can start to clearly identify, okay, what is an MQL worth to us? What's the likelihood that an MQL becomes an SQL using these different assets? You have to start with research, right? You have to start with research, not only from an external standpoint, but also an internal understanding of your business. The other piece that I would say is important here to ensure that you are able to reach the right audience that's going to drive conversion is look at the data today within your business around what type of assets are leading to conversion. And then when you understand that, double down your time and energy on repurposing, on distributing, and re-optimizing some of that content. If you developed a piece of content six months ago and that piece of content converts extremely well, don't just let it collect dust start to distribute that piece of content and start to apply the distribution frameworks that we've discussed directly to that asset, right? 
If you have a piece of content that is working well, don't let it collect us. Take it and start to distribute that piece of content across a wide variety of channels. After you understand channel user fit, put it into those channels effectively, and you'll be able to start seeing more conversions come through because of it. Um, I think another big mistake that brands make is they think that once they press publish, that week that that content is live is essentially all it has for a life cycle. That's a huge mistake. Go back to the content that you've invested so much time and energy in creating and update it, reshare it, reoptimize it, distribute it, and give that content the life that it deserves, which is typically longer than just a week. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think the idea you mentioned at the end is what Rand Fishkin calls the spike of hope, which you often see when you publish content and then afterwards right. it just disappears and you don't get anything uh, after that. So yeah, I think, um, you know, to wrap things up, there's a lot you can do when it comes to distribution and repurposing. So how can marketers and marketing teams scale their content distribution efforts? So there's a, there's a few ways to do it. It starts at the top though, right? Like it starts from having a culture within your content team, which understands the importance of distributing your content. A lot of companies have the belief that once you press publish on a piece of content, your job is done. We've all seen it. We've all been there at some point in our careers where we write an amazing piece of content. We press publish and we let the team know, hey, folks, I just pressed publish and everybody gives you a high five. The Slack channel goes crazy. There's dancing gifts going everywhere. Everybody celebrates the act of publishing. And it's great to celebrate that. But you have to have a culture that also embraces the idea that the true wins will happen when you start to distribute that content. And the way that you do that is by ensuring that your team is invested, not only in the creation of content, but also in the distribution of those pieces of content. Meaning you have to train and hire a team that is essentially up to date on understanding we need to create distribution assets and distribution documents that break down how these assets will be distributed after we press publish. And that can only happen by having a culture that is willing to adopt and change with the times, but also is having writers and people on the team that are creating content that aren't just thinking in the sense of press publish, press publish, press publish, but are also thinking what can happen with this asset once we press press publish. It may require a team to be adjusted in many ways where the content creating team, the SEO team, the content development team is also partnering in some ways with the community team or with the customer success team or even with sales from that regards. Like you want to make sure that your content culture within your organization is fully connected across all different channels and all different verticals so you can ensure that there's a bit of a mind melt and when you do press publish on a piece of content you have the right people to jump in at the right time um, and i think that the best way for a company to equip their team with that type of opportunity and with that type of culture is to train them is to train them on the importance of content distribution to make that investment or to hire folks internally or externally to assist with moving the culture forward so they can develop and distribute content more effectively. Yeah, I think those are really, really good points. So Ross, this was super good. And we could actually move to our closing questions and our fast five challenge. So to wrap things up, I will ask you five questions and all you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's do it. Question one, what's the one book you would recommend others to read? How Will You Measure Your Life by Clayton Christensen. Nice. Question two, SaaS company you love and why? K 
Canva, I think they have put on a masterclass for how to leverage SEO, backlink outreach, um, marketing as a whole, lead with empathy, um, be reactive to the market. Canva has done an amazing job with uh, all of their marketing and promotions. I, I love their uh, what they've done. Yeah, it's a great product as well. So yeah, good shout out there. Third question, favorite place to read about marketing online? So I'm a big fan of going into places that I'm not necessarily an expert and I'm a B2B guy, but I spend a lot of time taking inspiration from the wonderful world of D2C. And there's a uh, newsletter called 2PM Links that I subscribe to or 2PML.com. Amazing for e-commerce marketers, but also I think for B2B marketers to be able to to leverage insights happening in the e-com and D2C space and using that to really um, understand how you can take inspiration from it and use it to, to kind of win. Um, so yeah, 2 p.m. links is definitely one uh, that I would say everyone needs to check out. Nice, good recommendation. Fourth question, most important growth metric? So to me, it's all about like, I hear you 100% when it comes to uh, you can't pay the bills with vanity metrics. So everybody is always excited about uh, shares and likes and things like that. But for me, it's all about revenue. And if you can't um, move the metric as it relates to revenue or whatever that North Star metric that is directly related to revenue, then it doesn't matter. So for me, um, it's seeing the cash register ring and any metric associated with that, of course, is going to be different from e-com to B2B. um, But the closest metric associated to revenue is key. Yeah, absolutely. Fifth and final question, best piece of advice for fellow marketers? Stay curious, that's it. Uh, You have to stay curious, you have to be willing to um, pull up your sleeves and always be willing to learn new things. Otherwise you will kind of become a dinosaur and eventually go extinct. So make sure that you are curious and you are constantly learning new things um, and listening to podcasts like this. So again, Edward, thank you so much for having me on. I think you're doing an amazing job for the marketing community by offering the ability for folks to um, gain insight into a wide variety of topics and helping them kind of quench that thirst of curiosity. So um, my hat's off to you, but also to your listeners for taking some time to, uh, to listen today. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for coming on the show. And yeah, definitely don't be a dinosaur, always be learning. So Ross, I have to thank you as well. This was awesome. And thanks so much for coming on the Growth of Podcast. Thanks for having me. That was Ross Simmons on the content distribution playbook and how to get good traffic that converts. Now, before I go, I just want to say a big thank you for listening to the show. And I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, HT Marketer, who left a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. They said, excellent podcast. Edward gets some really valuable insights from his guests. Highly recommended for all SaaS marketers, CEOs, and founders. So thank you so much. And if you want a shout out, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And maybe I'll be reading your message out next time. Now, as ever, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by Growth Marketing Agency, Advanced B2B. This is your host, Edward Ford, signing off. And make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are